Hello, folks. This is Princess. You are listening to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share with your friends. <laughs> you guys, welcome back to the show. I have an excellent episode in store for you tonight. I have Tom Dunn here with me. Tom is a movie producer. He speaks at conferences all over the country. He's got a lot of great things to say. We start off talking a little bit about his testimony, how he came to the place where he's at in life, what led him down this unique path. But ultimately, we hit climactical points like supernatural warfare and satanic ritual abuse, something a lot of people in our country have been affected by, yet it goes under the radar. This stuff is happening right under our nose, and most of the time, we don't even acknowledge its existence. This episode is a roller coaster ride. I'm excited for you guys to take this journey with me and Tom Dunn. This is going to be one to remember. Tonight, we got Tom on the show. Tom, thanks for being here. Rod, thank you for having me. And I'm glad you got through. A lot of people reach out and they slip through the cracks. I have so many ways of people that reach, you know, they reach out to me through email, Facebook and messages and all that. A lot of people get mad at me because I miss their <laughs> message. And they're like, oh, that guy's, you know, whatever. I'm glad to be here, man. So, Tom, let me start off by asking you. How did you end up going down this unique path? Where did it all start for you? For me, it started when I was real young. Through dreams, through being raised by my grandparents, who my grandfather was a, um, he was an ordained minister and being taken to church. My, my parents were divorced, so I kind of got bumped off to my grandparents because my dad went to Texas and my mom went to work. I was raised by them and I just kind of was riding shotgun and learning about the Lord and had a fascination with supernatural things. And, you know, I have um, in my studio here, I have a picture up behind me, a famous picture of a guardian angel that's watching over two little children walking across a bridge. And when I was a little kid, that picture kind of frightened me and fascinated me at the same time. And I, my grandparents had it hanging up upstairs outside of their bedroom. And when I would walk by it, I would just kind of like look at it real quick and step by it, you know, because I was like, what's going on with this picture? This is freaking me out. There's these two little children, but there's this white being behind them that like this um, thing with wings and I couldn't figure it out. And my grandparents noticed, you know, my, um, my reaction to the picture one day. They're like, you don't like this picture? What's, what's wrong? Then they explained it to me that, you know, this is a, this is an illustration of, uh, of a guardian angel watching over the kids as they're, you know, just going across this dangerous looking bridge. So I was introduced to the supernatural at a very young age. I had a grandfather. My grandmother loved the Lord. She taught me the 23rd Psalm for uh, a school lesson back when they actually still had Bible classes in school. I would sit in church, mostly bored, but flip through the Bible and look at the pictures. And my grandma had pictures of um, really cool paintings, like in her Bible. So that, you know, that's what I would do. My parents were divorced. And in a way that, I mean, it was a blessing and a curse at the same time, because I mean, I was hurt by that. 
but at the same time, it put me in a position to where I could learn about the Lord. And I don't know if I would have had that upbringing had my parents stayed together. I don't know. I don't know what would have happened. I remember having supernatural dreams. I remember God showing me things like, I'm not a big dream guy, like every dream means something. But I remember specific ones, like um, being at my grandparents' house and, and kind of being let out of the house down by the barn. And there was a man in a suit there, really sharp looking business, business type looking dude. And he's like, hey, I want you to come with me. And I knew who he was. I knew it was the devil. And I was like, I'm not going with you. I'm not going to go with you. And I didn't even really understand what that meant at the time and the impact on it. I guess just by God's grace, you know, being raised by my grandparents, praying with them on a regular basis. And, you know, that was back in the day when they would go do visitation and people would come over and they would have prayer meetings that would last for hours. I would just like go outside and play and come back. And I'm like, holy moly, what's wrong with these guys? They're still praying and they're just crying out to God and really uh, getting a hold of the throne of grace. So that was, you know, that was my experience. That's what I witnessed. In my teenage years, okay, this plays a big part in it. Even though I had that foundation, I still had a choice to make. I, I was at a crossroads. I was missing my dad and I came from a broken family and I was hurt and I could have chose, you know, to go down a road where, you know, a lot of people do. They use painkillers, uh, you know, sex, drugs, or rock and roll. But by the grace of God, the Lord put somebody in my life in school, and I started hanging out with this guy, and he had a church and a youth group. So I started going to youth group with him. And I was like, oh, man, church is not so boring. This is kind of cool. I didn't know. I didn't know people could be so cool. I started listening to Christian music, and Christian music really played just a, a very significant part in my life because, I'm again, I'm sitting here in my studio, and I'm looking at a wall where I have all these records hanging up. And all of the music, I used to listen to Christian rock and Christian metal, and all the music was about spiritual warfare. It got me reading the Bible, and it got me, you know, studying the Bible in a way that I never would, you know? And it was kind of systematic, because I was going through and picking out all the verses about spiritual warfare. I was like, oh, man, this is, this is kind of cool. So, so when I was in high school, we started a ministry called the Violent Peace Ministries. We were kind of like a gang, you know, we walked around with leather jackets and jean jackets and we loved the Lord and, you know, we weren't playing. We were innocent in our thoughts, very naive, very zealous, but we didn't do everything right because we were kids and we didn't know. So like when somebody yeah. started talking about Satanism or something like that, we would, you know, we'd be like, hey, this is our school. You know, <laughs> you're not, you're not welcome here. Uh, take a hike. So oh, wow. it was that sort of thing. All of those things played a part. And God knew what he was doing. And it's amazing all the elements, you know, that hurt us and help us in our life. My parents' divorce and me missing my dad devastated me. And it caused things in me like um, separation anxiety. That when I got married at a young age, I was about 19 years old. I didn't even know I had separation anxiety. And I was fearful of being left because my parents split up. But there are things that affect us, that traumatize us. Every one of us has those types of things growing up. And, and you know, think, good things too. Right out of high school, it was a little over a year, I got married because I believed it was better to marry than to burn with passion. And I was burning with passion. <laughs> yeah, many of us can relate to that. That thing that I started in high school, we continued it when we got out of high school. And we started a church downtown Mansfield. And mind you, I wasn't ordained. 
But I started the church and I asked other people to come in and preach. And it was out of an apartment building, an upper floor apartment building. It was 164 and a half West 1st Street, Mansfield, Ohio. And it was a one bedroom apartment. But on Sundays, we'd turn our living room into a sanctuary and people would come up. People came from really sometimes all over Ohio to come to our little church. Uh, speakers would come in and share. Or we would preach the gospel. Again, having no accountability, and I sought out accountability. There was fruit, but there was um, there was a situation kind of like Paul described in Corinthians, because I was kind of like a lone ranger Christian, where I began to believe I wasn't part of the body of Christ because so many people told me, you're not part of the body of Christ, you don't belong. So I began to believe that. So I got an interest in film right about that time. I, I'm talking about things with you, Rod, that I, I rarely talk about. Yeah, I love hearing the testimonies. So what happened next? Right around that time, I got an interest in film. It really kind of turned out to be a distraction rather than a blessing. And it, it almost became kind of like an idol in my life. And it really kind of led me down like a liberal road, you know, where I started researching film. I started just having a fascination with film and filmmakers and art and all these things. And I really got kind of liberal just kind of justifying things for a while. Long story short, I was married 10 years. I went through a divorce. That's a that's a messy story. I remarried and I said, you know what? Whatever I do, I'm just going to go to church and that's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to get involved in ministry anymore because I blame God. And I kind of said in my heart, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore because I, I tried to do some stuff for God and God didn't have my back. So I'm just going to go to church and not do anything else. Well, that didn't last long because... I then found this guy by the name of Russ Dizdar, and I began listening to his podcast, and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is talking about what I used to talk about and what I used to hear people like Bob Larson talk about like 10 years ago. I haven't heard anybody talk about this. I found out this guy's in Ohio. Okay, I got to reach out to him. So I reached out to him, and I told him, hey, I want to make a movie about the things you talk about. They freak people out. I had no interest, Rod, in, <laughs> in, in helping anybody. Wow. I just wanted to make a film that would freak people out because Hollywood's making millions of dollars about the things that Russ Dizdar talks about. I'm like, this is better than Hollywood because this is the real thing. All the stuff in Hollywood is fake. I said, this is going to freak people out. And I wasn't scared to make the film, but I didn't care. My interest in just having the best film on this subject you know, was more. I, I reached out to Russ. He said, okay, you want to make a film? He's like, here, take this, take this you know, research this and then we'll talk about it. Long story short, Russ Dizdar took me under his wing. He basically mentored me, discipled me, took me all around the world. I went to Germany. I went to Scotland. I went to Poland. I went to New York. I went, I went so many places with Russ and he said, I, I don't know what it was, but by, you know, the grace of God. So instead of making the film I wanted to make, I ended up becoming like a counselor and a deliverance minister. I had no plans in doing any of this, by the way. I just wanted to make a movie. And that's what I did. And I lived for it. And I prayed, Lord, I want to do this. I want to do this. And if you open the door, I'll do, I'll, I'll give, dedicate my life to this. And I prayed and prayed and prayed for years. I honestly prayed for years, believing that any second the door would open and I would be able to do this full time. Finally, it did almost three years ago. I lost track now. I'm, I'm doing this full time. I always wanted to make a movie. Now I've made three movies. And we do, of course, the Through the Black YouTube channel, and we've got hundreds of episodes, and we talk about spiritual warfare and stuff. So that is 
that that's the story of how I got to where I am. And it's all, you know, in hindsight, I can see the hand of God just using the things of my life, good and bad, to put me where I'm at. And I was born to do what I'm doing right now. There's a lot of flavor to everything you were just saying there. The Lord works all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. I know that the world, you know, they want to harness us to the plow and make us produce and have us not ask any questions, right? Yeah, I agree. Just be a good boy and go and be a consumer. And it's it's awesome how when we just keep crying out to God and walking through the journey of this life that when we trust him, he's going to bring us into a place where we're able to do exactly what he designed us to do. Amen. That, that's an amazing testimony, man. I know Drew Graffia was on last and he had messaged me after I released the episode, him and his wife listened to it. And he's like, dude, this is the most personal interview I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I love being able to be a part of that because you guys have been a blessing to me. And I know the audience, you know, working in your gift and just helping to expose things that go under the radar. Now, tell me a little bit about your show, what you got going on and anything exciting that's on the horizon. I guess we're coming up on a four-year anniversary, maybe in February for the Through the Black YouTube channel. Okay. In 2016, we released the film Detestable, which is uh, a film that exposes satanic ritual abuse, okay? I made that movie, and, and that's a story in itself, and, and I can tell you about that. I mean, God opened the door for that. And I, I had no money to make a movie, but I just, I really felt inspired by the Lord to make this movie and all the, everything happened and, you know, the Lord opened the doors and now the movie's actually on Amazon. I actually have two movies on Amazon Prime. So we're able to use the enemy's platform. When we made the movie, we wanted to promote the movie. You know, we went on all the podcasts and all the shows that we could. And, you know, we just got all, everybody who's a friend of ours say, hey, can we have, can we promote this? Can we promote this? And then we kind of got to the end of that list. And it's like, okay, what do we do now? Uh, well, maybe now we do our own show. Jared, my co-host, and I, we have a lot of conversations about deliverance and spiritual warfare and that sort of thing. And we thought, well, these conversations that we're having would be very beneficial to other people out there. So like, why don't we just do what we do, but share it with the world? So that's kind of how the uh, Through the Black channel started out. It's been a crazy ride. I mean, I'll just say, I'll, I'll put it like this. You know, people like our show just because we're really laid back and we don't take ourselves too seriously and we have fun, but we also talk about a very serious subject, but we're very transparent and we try to be very human and we don't try to come across as holier than thou. I, I mean, I, I believe in holiness and righteousness and, and living for God and all that, but I'm also very transparent. I'm honest and, and I bear my scars because I know the listeners are dealing with the same type of struggles that I am. It's, it's spiritual warfare and it's the key, I think, to the Christian life. It's, it's what's missing in churches. This should be the, the training that uh, new converts get, you know, within the first couple months of getting saved, but it's just not there. And they don't understand that there's, there's something else going on. It's supernatural that you have an enemy that wants to destroy your life. And he wants to do anything he can to trip you up, to try and destroy your ministry, to try and mess up your walk and tempt you and all that stuff. And when you know your enemy, you, you have a better chance of overcoming and having victory. I tell people this, so I understood the concept of spiritual warfare when I was a teenager, but I didn't have any training. I didn't have any mentor. I didn't have any strategy, anything like that. 
So when I to- when I took those courses that I told you about, by the way, I highly recommend the courses by Russ Dizdar. I took this course called Confronting the Powers. They're free. All this stuff is free on his website. It's called shadowthedarkness.net. So I took that course and I took it because I wanted to do research and learn, okay, what I need to learn about, you know, this subject so I can make a movie on it. And what the weird thing that happened was I got, I began to get help. I was like, whoa, okay. You mean these things I've been struggling with, I can actually overcome them? These fears that I've had since I was in second grade and my mom was doing tarot cards in the kitchen and there was something that came into my room and I had a fear all the way into my 30s. When I took that course, that fear went away. This is what I tell people that happened to me. I used to be afraid to get up in the middle of the night, okay, in my own house as a grown man. I learned my authority. I I learned about the armor of God. And I learned, you know, just, you know, all this, all the spiritual warfare strategy and how to overcome it, how to beat it and all that stuff. So uh, what I used to be afraid of now, my nightmares are afraid of me, but not so much me, but the spirit of God in me. And I go after the darkness now instead of hiding from it. I can relate to a little bit of that there. I grew up in an old farmhouse. It was kind of a creepy house. We could always feel something there. So I can definitely relate to, you know, that feeling of just fear. I feel like a lot of the times people come to the Lord in some devastating situation or they grow up in the church, but they don't really get the proper training of where to go. You know, they just, this whole book is thrown at them. It's sitting in their lap. And, you know, they may turn and end up on a genealogy, just flipping pages and be like, well, this is kind of boring. Oh, the new James Bond movie's out, (laughs) you know, and the church kind of like wags its head and wonders, why can't we get more men in the church? Well, some of these supernatural things that the Bible talks about, it's so important that we're able to discuss and go through that stuff because the battle's real. The very first episode I did here on the Millennial Mustard Seed was with my pastor, Randy, and we talked about supernatural warfare. The three of us were chopping it up and talking about our experiences and why it's so important to realize the presence of this enemy that wars against our souls. There was a picture in the bathroom, and it was this old black and white picture of a lady who had a bar of soap. It was like an advertisement picture. She was advertising this bar of soap next to like an old claw foot bathtub. And for some reason, my parents had this hanging up in in the bathroom of the old farmhouse that I grew up in. And it creeped me out because this picture, I just felt like the hair stand up on the back of my neck. And at this time, I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't really know what was going on, but I knew there was something weird in the house. And this picture in particular just really scared me. There was a point in time where I honestly believe this thing moved its head and just had like a demonic look in its eyes. It, it, that was traumatizing to me. It sounds like foolish in a sense to the world. They're like, man, you were just a scared kid or you're paranoid. Or you watched a, a scary movie or something. But to me, it rattled my cage at a very young age. And then I battled with the fear of just uh, something I couldn't really identify that I knew hated me, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> to hear yeah. you talk about okay. that and just, I can relate. You know, I've had some dreams and things and I know the Lord has really just uh, given me peace over the years as I continue in the word. But, you know, when we get sidetracked and we get caught up in the passions of this life, the attacks come flooding in and it's a a quick reminder, man, I need to take up the armor, that that helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the sword of the spirit, you know, our shield, all these different things God gives us. Right. Um, Right. Amen. 
what are you working on that's going to help this younger generation and some of the older listeners that I have here on the podcast? I've made three films. The first one's called Detestable. The Detestable. second one is called This is a War. And the third one is called Fire and Brimstone. Okay. And um, the, the second one is just kind of a profile of some different people that give their testimony about spiritual warfare. And it kind of all circles around and comes, and comes together. It's about seven people. And I, I just kind of mesh it all together. The film I made after that was about the life of David Arthur. David Arthur lived, you know, over 20 years of his life as a woman. He was a transgender guy, and he was on his deathbed, uh, dying of uh, symptoms from AIDS. And he was ready to die. He finally got saved. He's like, okay, Lord, go ahead and take me. And instead, God taking him, he got healed. And um, he got up out. He, he was just, he was a dead man. And he got up out of the bed. And it's his story. It's called Fire and Brimstone. And it's a powerful story just about how he got recruited, how he was abused as a, as a child. And uh, the doors were opening in his life, how he went down the road that he did and how he got saved. So, and then the warning for the children, the sexualization of, you know, that this culture wants to put on our children and just basically training kids that there is no gender and that there is no, there's no such things as a thing as boy and a girl, you know, and you can be whatever you want or whatever you think you are. Just the aggressive attack on the children. So, and it, it kind of exposes that. Um, that's only available on DVD, by the way, because we can't really put it up anywhere because it'll get censored or taken down. Everything that we do, I really believe is is important. You know, the Through the Black Channel has uh, hundreds of archives now. You, you can kind of just go through there, pick a subject almost, and, and learn about something spiritual warfare. We've covered it from deliverance to the new age to haunted houses to training in spiritual warfare, just all of those, all of those things. You know, you mentioned about what am I, what am I doing right now? I actually on our YouTube channel, there's a video that's dropping today that is a, it's a little 20 minute production. And what I did is I kind of compiled all the testimonies that I could find of satanic ritual abuse. And I, I put them together in a way that's really never been done before, just kind of like a collage, just hard hitting testimony after hard hitting testimony of these people uh, on there just telling what they know, what they saw, what they experienced of satanic cults operating, you know, and, and they're just uh, talking from a place of experience. So I'm excited about that because we're trying to make uh, videos that are going to red pill people on this issue. I don't feel like we're paranoid about the, this issue. Uh, we're just very aware of this issue. Okay. Yeah. I always talk about Russ. Okay. He's a good friend of mine. He's a good teacher. He's really good at what he does. There's a lot of other books out there besides him. So I just want to mention there, there's a lot of other great resources, but I feel like he's the best of the best because he's learned the hard way. He's probably number one on this planet, the person that's dealt with this stuff and the person that's going after it and the, and the knowledge that he has about it and him helping the survivors and the victims. I've never seen anything like it. When you take one of his courses and then you watch the news, you don't see it the same way that you used to. You see a shooter on the news, okay? If you remember, this took place, I don't know how many years ago, probably close to 10 years ago now, where there was a guy that was uh, going in, he shot up a Navy shipyard. That was over on the East Coast somewhere. 
and he wrote on his on the uh, stock of his rifle, "This is my e ELF weapon." ELF means extremely low frequency. There's more to that story. There's more to the the shooter stories. Okay, the guy in Colorado. You know, you look at these pictures and you can see in their eyes something is, something else is going on. We're not saying every single person is programmed. Look at Sirhan Sirhan, the guy that uh, killed uh, Robert Kennedy. He came out and said. Yeah, he's been mind controlled. So it, it, it's connected to ritual abuse. It's connected to government mind control, that sort of thing. All that stuff is connected. And uh, it's what we expose. We are overwhelmed with people reaching out to us, trying to get help, trying to get set free deliverance, just any anything that they can get. We have so many things, uh, so many irons in the fire. I want to mention our news website. It's called Real Dark News. And basically... It's just a news website, and I have a few writers that write on there, and they're constantly releasing stories about just this crazy dark news that happens every day that gets buried in newspapers. It's happening all over the country, and it's kind of a downer, but you know, we want to expose the darkness. We know that we have the light of the world, Jesus Christ, okay? He's the resurrection and the life. Anybody who believes in him shall live. We're trying to shine a light in the darkness. So we're constantly exposing just any kind of story, whether it's a serial killer, it's just a lot of craziness. One of the trends we've been seeing in the last couple months is parents killing their children, mothers killing their children, you know, and it just kind of comes in waves. And realdarknews.com is a website. You can kind of go on there and just look, and there's over a thousand stories on there of archives of this type of stuff. That type of news, but a Christian worldview, you know, absolutely. Jesus Christ is the answer. He's the savior. He's the hero of humanity. You know, there's a lot of people out there uh, presenting the darkness. We're presenting it from a biblical uh, standpoint. Yeah. My grandfather, he passed away a few years ago, but he used to say, you know, you got to study your enemy to know how he like meanders through and like the tricks he's going to pull. You know, he would always kind of remind me because I've never been a fan of like horror movies or anything like that. I, I even remember when I was probably 12, the neighbors had a, you know, a bunch of kids are hanging out there on the porch and the kid comes to the door who lived there with the Ouija board. He's like, come on, we're all going to play. And something inside of me just like struck. Like, I'm like, absolutely not. And I hightailed at home. <laughs> like I, I knew there was something wrong with that even before I knew, you know, a biblical perspective, if you will. But my grandfather right. used to always say, you know, you got to be aware of the tactics of the enemy. Let me ask you this real quick. Do you think just through like movies or like Disney or the news today that there's some strongholds that are able to attach on to people that are unaware of this systematic desensitization that the enemy is using through all these social outlets. What are your thoughts so, on that? Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely believe it. It, de it really depends, okay? I believe a Christian has more protection than anybody else, okay? So, I agree. Um, I can go and I can watch a TV show or a movie or something that's uh, a horror movie or something like that, fascination with the supernatural. So I used to love that stuff, but the closer I get to the Lord when I watch something, it wars against my spirit. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, once in a great while, I will watch something for presuppositional analysis, okay? So I'm doing research, but I'm very careful about what I do. But even as a Christian, I can feel the conflict. And it can be in books. It can be on a website. It can be in media. It can, it can be anywhere. And the further away from you are from the Lord, the less you're going to notice that. 
a lot of times, you know, we'll go, we can go into places, you know, that are dark, dark parts of the city, spiritually dark, and people will know. They'll recognize you before you recognize them because they're cloaked. We're not, we're out in the open, right? The spirit of God in me irritates the demonic in them. They may not be possessed, but they might have some kind of um, stronghold or oppression on them. Because I don't think every single person is is possessed. But yeah, I think those things can have an effect. And the more the more you get into God's word, the more you're praying, the more you're praising God and worshiping him, the less you're going to want to do with that stuff, okay? The enemy's always knocking, right? And he's always trying to to open the door. And every I think everybody has just... Something they like, they probably shouldn't. You know what I mean? And I I have, you know, I have, there's a lot of music I like. I probably shouldn't like it, but I'm not going to allow it to be king of my heart. Uh, A lot of these bands are involved in the occult and stuff like that. And it used to be kind of, you know, just heavy metal music. But then, you know, nowadays it's all music. It's all pop music, hip hop. They're involved in the occult and involved in all kinds of stuff. It was more blatant, you know, in metal music back in the 70s and 80s. Now it's blatant everywhere. And it's just kind of like all it's, you know, it's a free for all. So those things definitely have an effect. The closer you are to the Lord, the sharper you are in discernment, the quicker you're going to notice it. Music, especially, I could get, I know three people right now that were unwilling to put their music life under the Lordship of Christ. And they, they basically worshiped music. And they couldn't get away from it. Rock and roll, right? Three people I know that turn their back on God. Two of the guys, especially, are just so far gone now. And it's all because they love that music so much, they couldn't let go of it. You know, it just had a grip on their heart. And and the message in the music is antichrist. Yeah, we see a lot of that. I I mean, I feel like the days we're living in, especially, and, and to go beyond the borders of just the music realm... It's almost like the line is being drawn in the sand. I see the pillars being set for revelation to show up just like it's said to. And I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, I think we're right here right now. But even people that are unbelievers in my life, in my workplace, in my personal life, you know, places I go to, we're saying something's wrong here. This ain't right or there's tension in the air. It's not like it. I keep hearing, well, it's not like it was five years ago, even 10 years ago, 20 years ago. The agitation is just there. And a lot of people that are serving the God of their belly or the God of their idol are, are blindsided by it. But you have a lot of people that are in this like middle ground. You know, that are just doing their rituals, going through life, they're going to work, coming home, eating dinner. You know, they may have a little bit of entertainment with their movie thing or their hobby, and then they just reset, do it all over again, and they get caught in that trend. Those people are the ones that I've gotten a huge influx of. Hey, man, I know I used to call you really fringe and a little bit weird a few years ago, but I think you're on to something, <laughs> you know, because the content here on the podcast, we cover a bunch of supernatural stuff. Angels, just the conception real quick, Tom, you think yeah. most people, when they think of an angel, they think of a fat little baby with wings feeding people grapes. You know, you know I, I heard somebody say that this morning and yeah, you know, I, I don't know what they think. But I don't think they have a biblical concept of... No, I mean, look at cherubs or seraphim. I mean, we're talking about fierce angels with multiple heads, burnished feet like hooves of a bull, you know, multiple wings, like eyes within and about. If you read about the the throne guardian in Revelation, I mean, this is cool stuff. People were shaken when they met them. They were scared to death. Oh, I can't, I can't exactly remember the name of it, but I heard an interview with this guy and I have it like on my buy list. It's called the Mighty Angels 
of the Bible or the mighty angels of Revelation. This guy wrote a whole book on it. It was so fascinating. Just uh, he really went into detail using biblical uh, resources, just talking about angels. You know, the Apostle Paul talks about the thrones, dominions, you know, principalities, powers. I think a couple hundred times it mentions the word angel, which yeah. in the Hebrew is malak. And in the Greek is angelos, and it literally means messenger, not of this world. And in the scriptures, it, it talks about their status being to serve those who will inherit eternity. You know, we're not talking about some soft, small-winged, fat little baby here. And I think that as people understand and they hear podcasts like this, they hear about what you're doing, guys like L.A. Marzulli, other guys that are just being bold and just saying, this is what the text says. It means what it says and says what it means. Because the veil's thinning. You, you have an influx of people in today's day and age that are having experiences. Now, there's a lot of conversations I've had off air where people are telling me about supernatural things that they've been experiencing. And we're talking about people who, you know, lived a whole life, like never dealing with anything. But within the last five years, they're like, this mm -hmm. really disturbed me. And I don't, I don't feel like there's anybody else I have to talk about it with. I've even had the response of, well, I can't tell it to my pastor in the church. You know, they're rigid, man. They're, you know, same message, it's like clockwork. You can go at this time of the year. You almost know what you're going to hear there. Just seeing how the Lord worked my story together. We all have a story, Tom. Each one of us has yeah, a unique yeah. testimony and a story. And as people are flooding in and going, hey, you know, I had this weird experience or demonic experience or a dream or I seen something in the sky move a 90 degree at a speed it shouldn't. Knowing that the Bible is going to be there at the end of the day, we can go and ask questions about the Bible. We can study it and show ourselves well approved and enter in. And it's not going to like vanish and disappear. I feel like some of the big churches out here preach prosperity. And there's a huge body of people who've had weird experiences and they don't know where to go. They don't know what to do with it. But here is the answer, the living, breathing word of God. With some of the things that you were saying, it just makes me think of something that we always say. The church should be on the cutting edge, and we're not. We're like 30 years behind. Churches are afraid of these issues. When people come to pastors with the things like what you were saying, this, this really, it makes me angry to say this. And this is why I do what I do, and we, tr we offer any training that we can, but pastors We'll, we'll tell people sometimes two things. This is what we hear all the time. One, you need a psychiatrist or psychologist. Or two, uh, you need to go see a Catholic priest. And I want to scream. I want to scream. I'm like, you, a Christian evangelical pastor, are sending somebody to the Catholic church or to a psychiatrist because you don't have the answers. We have God's word. We have this amazing truth from another dimension. There's no other book like it. Everything in there that we need to know is covered in God's word. It just, it frustrates me because I don't, I'm not on my high horse. I don't think I'm better than these pastors, but I am frustrated with them because uh, Christian pastors should not be afraid of this and they should not be sending people to see a psychologist or to a Catholic priest. We should be cutting edge. We should be ready to go. We have the answers for ghosts. We have the answers for new age, for aliens, for all these things. We should know the answers, exactly how to counter or how to respond and how to minister and do apologetics uh, with these issues. So, yeah. I mean, because people are out there and they want answers. And if the church doesn't give them an answer, then they are going to go somewhere else. They are going to go to the new age. They are going to go, you know, to the occult or whatever. 
And that, that's unnecessary. We have the answers. God's word has the answers. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. My generation, they're flocking to any and everything that even looks like it, it can give them an answer. And like you said, we have the answers for aliens, for ghosts, uh, you name it. The Bible talks about it. A, a lot of the work that I've heard Drew Graffia do recently, it's phenomenal. The breakdown, he's going through the text verbatim, letting it say what it means, just painting the picture and connecting it. The Bible says of itself, study to show ourselves well approved. With fear and trembling, we work out our salvation. God, God's word covers everything. It really, really does. My message is simple. Draw as close to the Lord as you possibly can. Uh, seek him out. The answers are in God's word. God has compassion. He's the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. He loves you. We, we're in crazy times in this country and around the world, and we need believers to rise up. We need believers uh, to reach the world. The world is practically begging us to tell them about Jesus. They're so lost. They're so hurt. They're so mixed up on, on so many levels. And uh, if the church doesn't get on the field, get off the sidelines and get on the field, we're going to be in a, in a worse mess. Now is a great time to evangelize. Now is a great time to do spiritual warfare. Now is a great time to get your own act together. And I, and I, I say this boldly because I needed to get my act together. And I know there are people out there listening even now. Uh, one of the things I deal with all the time is I meet people at conferences. They come up to me and I can see the look in their eyes and they're like, man, thank you for what you do. And I couldn't do what you do and, and all that. There's nothing special about me, man. I barely graduated high school. I can't, I'm just like anybody else. Okay. The one thing that I was able to do is get strategy and get stronger and overcome sins and have victory over things that had defeated my, me my whole life. And anybody can have that victory, okay? If, if you have a habitual sin or if you have a stronghold in your life, then that's a problem. God didn't send his son to die on the cross so you could barely make it through life and struggle. We should have powerful victory, okay? We can get set free of strongholds and break curses and all that stuff. And I, I lived under a curse. I had strongholds in my life. You know, I, I tell people that the devil used to kick my butt all day long. I go to bed and I wake up in the morning. I'd be like, okay, I'm ready to get my butt kicked again. But when I learned my authority, when I learned the armor, when I learned strategy, spiritual warfare, all of these things, my life changed. And instead of getting my butt kicked all the time, I started doing some butt kicking. So with all that being said... Thank you for being here with the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. I hope you can come back again in the future and we can just keep this awesome conversation going. I would love and, uh, to. Praise God, man. Yeah, I would love to, Rod. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, that's the show, everybody. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend. We thank you guys for continuing to listen and support. God bless America and good night.